Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. This is Donna Lee. Dr. Mystery stepped away. I think he likes to go visit with the KLBJ radio guys and um, talk about stuff that he doesn't want to talk about on the air. So I brought in a couple of special guests today. So um, I wanted to introduce everybody. We have Dr. Vamsi Krishna with Seton. He's got several locations. We're going to ask him a whole bunch of questions, but I also wanted to let everybody know that we have our special partner, Dr. Yang, back today. Hey, Dr. Yang. Hey, Donna. Glad to be back. And Dr. Krishna, thank you for coming. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, I wanted to ask Dr. Krishna a few questions. Um, He is a cardiologist, an interventional cardiologist. So uh, first, let me tell you, he's with Seton, and we'll talk about his locations and how to get in touch with him. He's accepting new patients, and you all are going to be blown away by how awesome he is. But Dr. Krishna, why don't you explain to the listeners what's the difference between a cardiologist, uh, conventional, and interventional? General cardiologists see patients and are able to do basic non-invasive testing. Interventional cardiologists are able to then see the patient and able to do procedures, Mm -hmm. such as heart attacks, strokes, uh, able to suck out clot from people's legs, hearts, and uh, lungs, kind of treat patients both in the office and in the hospital. Okay, awesome. And how long have you been with Seton? I've been with Seton for five years now. Gosh, I bet you've seen a few a thing or two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> scared. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Like, yeah, let's not talk about any patient issues. I know that you've got, you're located in Westlake, Kyle, and Luling through mm-hmm. Seton. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I'd like to turn over the uh, discussions to you and Dr. Yang. Uh, we get a lot of questions about people having heart attacks or cardiovascular issues and testosterone. Why don't you guys talk about, uh, is it safe to be on testosterone with cardiovascular? issues and to what extent? You know, that's definitely a lot of a good part of, you know, my conversation with patients when we start testosterone is Mm -hmm. had been some studies out in 2013, 2014 range suggesting that maybe taking testosterone increases the risk of heart attack and stroke. The American Neurological Guidelines, the American Neurological Association, that's the overall you know, association for urologists have actually guidelines that say, you know, for patients who, you know, well, it says specifically clinicians should inform testosterone deficient patients that low testosterone is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So wanted to get kind of your, uh, your thoughts on that being uh, on the other side. You know, you raise a great point. If people have low testosterone, what is their risk? And is their risk being able to be mitigated with testosterone replacement? I would say, the way I address low testosterone is typically it's a multifactorial thing. Do patients that have low testosterone also have other risk factors that play a role that may also increase their risk of cardiovascular issues? And the answer is typically yes. Most of those patients may be obese, low physical activity, diabetes, smokers, etc. So I think when it comes to cardiovascular risk, I think low testosterone may play a factor, but I think risk factor modification probably plays a bigger role. Overall, when we talk about risk, mainly what we've seen in the studies is the first two years, um, there's a slight increased risk of stroke based on the FIN risk study, which showed that about 15,000 patients who were getting testosterone replacement over the age of 45, there was a slight increased risk of stroke in the first two years. And then after that, that stroke risk is actually mitigated. They actually had a decrease in all-cause mortality. The data is still kind of out there is mixed And the way I counsel my patients is really, if you're symptomatic and you're modifying your other risk factors, decreasing alcohol, removing tobacco, improving your diabetes, and you're still symptomatic, you know, and under the right professional care, it should be treated for your symptoms and not necessarily to decrease your cardiovascular mortality. Bottom line, you know, from what I'm hearing is studies are still mixed, but it is safe, you know, to take testosterone 
for you know to replace the testosterone to, to help some of your symptoms. Absolutely. I think TRT has a role. And I think, uh, you know, under urological care and, you know, in partnership with cardiology and your more complicated patients, I think it could safely be done. Okay. Sounds good. You know, I guess we had a question a couple of weeks ago from a patient Mm -hmm. who said that he had had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Is it still safe to do testosterone? And kind of what we answered at that time was, as long as his cardiologist was okay with it, then it's fine. But from your standpoint, yeah. what type of test would you do to, to say that patient's okay to use testosterone? You know, that's a great, first, that great question you asked is, what is a heart attack? People come mm-hmm. around and tell us they've had a heart attack. You know, I tell them there's actually five different types of heart attack. And without boring the audiences out there, <laughs> the premise really everyone wants to know is the heart attack where you're clenching your chest, acutely going to die, that is what we call a type two heart, I mean, a type one heart attack. And that's one where people like me would come in, suck out the clot and put a stent. In those type of patients where you actually had a stent and are on dual antiplatelet therapies, typically if you have no symptoms six weeks after this procedure, it's safe to resume therapy under your guidance of urology. If you had a heart attack where you were just treated in the hospital, did not need any real procedures, typically that's a type two heart attack. And in those cases, you know, you're able to safely resume the therapy at any point that the urologist uh, urologist discretion does that change though uh, with age like do you do the same testing for a 30 year old that had a heart issue versus a 60 65 year old who had a heart attack the testing you know right now a lot of people get stress tests and various different types of stress tests we typically base it on symptoms so if someone comes and tells me they have a heart attack but then they're not having any symptoms we typically don't order test irrespective of age. Mm-hmm. If someone comes in and they say, hey, I have a family history and there's multiple other issues, we typically order you know, a stress test. A stress test, again, only indicates if there's an obstruction of 70% or more. Mm-hmm. That's what it's guessing. But does it not tell you, it's not predictive if you're going to have a heart attack. So I tell everyone, again, back to that risk factor modification mm-hmm. and being in connection. So Dr. Yang and I share patients together. If there's any concern, pick up the phone and say, hey, Dr. Yang, I had these, I'm concerned about this patient's X, Y, and Z issues. Can we optimize them before starting something? And I think that's the most collaborative way of going around this type of field. Gotcha. Okay. Now, um, what about patients who are taking aspirin or taking other types of blood thinners who want to do testosterone injections? Is there any issues as far as them performing injections, doing the needles, things like that? Hopefully they're coordinated, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, there there is no issues with a um, with the intramuscular subcutaneous injection. Okay. Um, anything you want to tell them about being coordinated? Enough to put it in? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we 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 have a few friends uh, who I will not name, who I probably would not recommend getting injections <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now, um, some of the other patients that we see, you know, who come in to us initially as a urologist, they come in because they have erectile dysfunction. You know, they probably hadn't seen a doctor for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be a little bit overweight. You know, they might actually have diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, other types of uh, issues. You know, when we first see them, what we typically, what we typically do is get, you know, some of their blood tests as far as testosterone and other hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, but we typically try to get them hooked up with primary docs or cardiologists. Um, you know, and, you know, for most, for a lot of men out there, the first thing that they ever, you know, the first symptoms they ever have that they actually want to get treated is erectile dysfunction. Right. So 
you know. Get them in the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us kind of what your thoughts are as far as, you know, men who have erectile dysfunction and the risk with, with heart disease. Now, we probably don't have too much time. We might need to go into the next segment. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so that, that, that's a fantastic question um, and one that is actually growing because, you know, erectile dysfunction definitely creates, a, you know, a, a conundrum for, for patients. And usually that's the presenting sign. And most of these patients with erectile dysfunction, as you said, it's, there's an arterial issue going on that's a de- decreasing flow, hence why medications like Viagra and Cialis work. And usually if you have artery issues in the microvascular system in, near the penis, you're also going to have microvascular issues in the heart and brain and other areas. Yeah, and that's kind of exactly what I tell them when I see them in the, in the office. Huh. <laughs> I tell them the, the blood vessels in the penis mm-hmm. are just as small as the blood vessels in the heart. So if you have problems with one, you probably have problems Problem. with oh, the other. Good point. And good so, point. <laughs> and so it usually causes a polyvascular disease. And the way I kind of put this is that um, you know there's a lot of data, including this wonderful meta-analysis published this year, 154,000 patients being evaluated, and they basically looked that if you had erectile dysfunction, there's a significant increased risk of uh, having cardiovascular events. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you're over the age of 55, uh, you've had ED for less than seven years, smoker and diabetes, you, you have significant increased risk of cardiovascular mortality. And that if you treat your ED and treat those symptoms, you will uh, uh, you will definitely decrease your mortality. Gotcha. Well, we definitely need to continue this discussion with the next segment. Um, wrapping up for this segment, though, Dr. Yang, I wanted to make sure everybody re- remembered he's our urologist. He's one of our partners with urology specialists. And we have Dr. Krishna here. So what we're going to do is go take a commercial break. Uh, we are urology specialists, and armormenshealth.com is our website. You can send us any questions to armormenshealth at gmail.com. That's armormenshealth at gmail.com. If you have a question for Dr. Krishna or Dr. Yang in the future, we will answer those questions, and we will be right back. <laughs> 